Hi, my name is Sigrid and I'm calling, I'm the CEO from um, NSN Practice Center. I'm the co-CEO for NSN Practice Center and I'm with my partner, Anne-Marie. Hello. And we're both co-CEOs co um, for NSN Practice Center. Today we want to talk to you a little bit about us. We want to tell you what we do and why we do what we do. Why are we here? So I would like for Anne-Marie to start. Now, Let I want you to understand that Anne-Marie has a background as a nurse and my background is education and media. And this is where we're coming from. These are the positions we're coming from. We both come because we both feel very passionate about what we're gonna talk about. So Anne-Marie, please explain um, who we are. Well, NSN Practice Center is a skills practice center for nurses and other healthcare professionals. Uh, skills that we practice is anything you, you think of as a healthcare professional, what you would do at a hospital, a nursing home, somebody's home, which would be uh, trach care, uh, urethral catheterization, uh, taking care of a patient uh, that has a colostomy, IV insertion, all of these things that we do in the healthcare setting, we practice these skills. You know, when you go to nursing school, as I did, um, we would read um, how to do things in a book, but we never actually got to practice these skills. So, uh, you know, when you're hired at the hospital or whatever, if they have that on a the floor, then that's when you learn how to do it. But we do these skills at our center. We practice them with you. So you will feel confident and competent and know how to do it. Um, there, what happens now at the hospital, if you are, you know, you're just hired, uh, they will have another nurse orientate you on the job. And this nurse is there helping you, but she's also busy with her own patient load. And uh, she's uh, harried and hurried because she has her patients to take care of. And then she's orientating the new nurse on the floor. Um, so this is, you know, we, we can't get to really have the fullest extent of learning. And um, it shouldn't be like this. We should have a teacher. We should have a preceptor uh, precepting us to a new unit. It should not be a busy uh, nurse who has her own patient load. Let me give an example, Sigrid, about uh, what I'm talking about. There is a nurse uh, that works, uh, she's an endoscopy nurse that I know, and she you know, works in a hospital in New York. She was complaining of a recently hired nurse's lack of knowledge in starting an IV, even though she indicated in her resume that she had experience and credentials to back up her assertion that she knows how to start it. She said that uh, you can see that this nurse that was hired on the unit, she said she needs to practice more. That was her, that was the endoscopy nurse, her exact words, this IV nurse, she needs to practice more. And she also mentioned her nurse manager. She, uh, she says her nurse manager, you know, she has her um, master's degree in nursing. She said she has many professional certificates indicating that she's been to quite a few seminars, teaching her up-to-date information on equipment, procedures in the GI lab or in the GI suite in their hospital. But uh, the informant nurse said that 
her nurse manager, and this is her exact words. I got an exact quote. She said she is an effective leader, but she just does not have the confidence in her procedure skills. She needs more practice. And I want to say, you know what I think of uh, when she said that, that GI nurse said that? I thought of what happened to me a few years ago. I spent many years uh, working per diem, doing home care and, you know, having uh, working for an agency. And one day I um, was looking for a position as a per diem nurse at a pediatric um, hospital. This was a few years ago. And they chose me. I went on uh, an information. They, you know, invited us to learn more about their facility and to sign up. And um, they chose me because of my years with the pediatric population. But they said per diem nurses only get one day of orientation. And I said, hmm, Anne-Marie, now is your time to do some fact finding. So I said to the recruiter, I said, well, what happened? Uh, what happens if we would like, we feel that we need more than a day, maybe two days, you know, <laughs> to, to uh, reacclimate uh, myself to the equipment because they had quite a few of the patients on ventilators and um, just other, um, I would say other machines that I would think it would take more than a day to really acclimate uh, myself to uh, the updated equipment because I hadn't worked on a ventilator, I would say, at that time, uh, since five years. So you you need time to practice. So the recruiter said, okay, I'll think about it and I'll find the information for you. She later came back to me at the end of the day and she said, um, I wasn't chosen to work per diem there because she said, um, she said she wasn't sure if I can get more time. In other words, they could not, and I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, it could be financial, reasons, but they did not want a per diem nurse to have another day of orientation. But you know what I find so interesting about that particular facility? I was looking on their website uh, about uh, their retention of nurses. And not only nurses, uh, I looked at the retention of nurses' aides, um, other workers. And it's interesting to note, one of the main problems of at this facility uh, is its retention of new nurses. New nurses. It said on the website that I looked up um, if there were any complaints, it says one of the reasons cited for their uh, lack of retention of new nurses is their lack of practice time before direct patient care. That I found that I found that so amazing that the very reason what they said they couldn't give me, and that is the reason why they were having a hard time retaining new nurses. So retention you know. is important in any industry. It doesn't matter what. And in the past, I don't know about today, but in the past, when there was a problem with retention, they looked at that very seriously mm. because it costs a lot of money to train people to begin with. True. But it costs even more down the line mm -hmm. if you don't train them properly, especially with legal fees later on if they're not trained properly. Oh, so this, okay. you know, I, I don't know why they don't really take it as seriously as they used to in the past. Mm. But I will say this as a side point, as you're talking about this, I realize that it's not just a healthcare industry this is going through. This mm. is systematic throughout 
all, almost all, I can't swear by everything, but mm -hmm. almost all industries. I mean, every time True. you turn around, True. you're hearing something about another industry. For instance, I'm looking at the travel industry. It's growing after um, the pandemic. COVID. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. we're reacclimating in a thousand different ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm noticing with the T uh, TSA people oh, that people are getting. Um, for instance, uh, of course, you're not supposed to bring certain things through. Um, oh, like a gun or a knife or shopping. Yeah, even water. You know, yeah. uh, you know, liquids. I should say. Well. They have a proliferation. I'm no noticing in the news that people are bringing like knives. Um, a, a man had a razor the other day. Oh yeah, that's true. Exactly. That's right. So, hmm. and how are these things getting through, and people are not seeing it? Well, I was listening to uh, something on the news, and one of the people said specifically, and is one of the TSA people on the top said training is an issue. It's a oh, problem. Wow. You know? Wow. And oh, so, because the TSA are just letting sharp objects through. They should be what 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 is their protocol exactly for checking the bags? And I know they're doing their best, <laughs> you know, because when you yes. see them, you see that they're working hard, mm -hmm. you know, so you know what they are. But somehow, mm. even the gentleman said training is slipping through their fingers. And they okay. go, they, they talk to security experts, they talk to government mm. people. So it's it's not like they just throw together a handbook, you know. Okay. But they realize that there still is a problem with the training. So we know that that is an issue. Now it's funny because- in, Oh, healthcare workers aren't the only ones. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In 2015, a man was climbing down an apartment stairwell and he was shot by a policeman. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the reasons that the police gave for not giving the, the, the gentleman CPR is because of his lack of training. He had actually oh. had a, a CPR card, but he didn't have the confidence to perform. I remember. The, he, the ability to perform. Mm -hmm. Another sad case is the lack of knowledge is the case of a 10-year-old girl who was dying after an asthmatic attack in 2010. And the responding officer said that he only received CPR out of a textbook mm -hmm. and he never practiced on a mannequin. So the police said he didn't feel safe putting his hand on somebody without actually having done it himself. And, you know, when you think of it, what else could could he say? You wow, know, that that's amazing. I was looking at uh, this article. Um, it's from, uh, let's see, healthmanagement.org. Uh, and this article was called The Importance of Continuous Education in Healthcare. And it was in volume 17, issue two. And this was in 2017, not too long ago. And I just wanted to have a quote from that article. It says, even though 75% of CEOs worldwide say that a skilled, educated, and adaptable workforce should be a government business priority, there's a growing lack of experienced and well-trained staff in the healthcare environment in many regions around the globe. To counter this trend, there's a need to raise awareness that education doesn't come to an end once people are in the middle of their professional career. Because the healthcare industry is continuously evolving, technologies considered best practice today can change dramatically, uh, could change drastically in just the span of a decade. That's why the care, why care providers have to regularly keep up with new techniques and technologies and expand their knowledge and skills, which means continuous education is not a nice to have 
but an absolute necessity for any healthcare professional who wants to provide high quality patient care. And like we were saying with that, it just reminds me of that one day working at that pediatric facility. Oh, you just need, um, you know, they're, they're, they're impressed that I have uh, years of experience with the pediatric population, but working with events, that was just over five years ago. And you see technologies are changing repeatedly. Do you really think that one day is, is enough? You know, there's so many moving parts to technology. It's not just one thing. So um, I thought that was so very interesting. You know, actually, as you could say, you know, I'm a former educator. And I remember, as you're talking about this, I remember a specific episode. And it was so scary to me. To this day, I get a chill just thinking about it. Mm. One day, um, a child got off the bus and he was having a seizure. Now, this boy has seizures all the time. Okay. Um, I, I can't say all the time, but regularly. Mm. So the, the, stu- the school knew about it. The staff, the, the nurse, the, the, the school nurse knew about it. She knew what to do. His meds were with him. Everything. Excellent. Unfortunately, this particular seizure lasted longer than expected. So as the para's coming off the bus with him, she's as pale as a ghost. And that's when I knew this was worse than ever. Mm -hmm. So they laid the child down on the floor. And it's funny because all the people who didn't know what to do, Mm -hmm. including me, stepped back. And all the teachers who knew what to do came forward. And they worked like like clockwork because they were all trained. Impressive. They were all trained to do it. And they put him on the side. They did everything they needed to do until the ambulance came wow. and kept him safe because they had proper training. Ah. My principal at the time, Mr. Varis, made sure that we had training at all times. I have my props to her, you okay. know? So the point is, even it, 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 moved, it moved smoothly, if you could say that, because right. the boy was in distress right. because of the training. Okay. We had confidence in each Very other. Very smooth. And, okay. and it was just unbelievable. So that's why as a teacher, and a medical, you know, watching the medical profession go, right. I get it. It's okay. deeper than just um, the, the nurses and the right. doctors and who else. Wow. But there are so many examples. There are just too many to name, mm-hmm. you know. And there's where, where there's too many examples where you have healthcare workers who yeah. were unfamiliar with life-saving procedures yeah. or the proper equipment mm-hmm. or the general understanding or the mechanics and the rationale of certain procedures. True. It's actually, as I'm sure you know, it seems mm-hmm. to me that's a hidden issue in the healthcare professions where the professionals prefer not to address these yeah, issues. Yeah, exactly. So our healthcare workers need to practice these important skills. Yes. But the goal here is not to just throw a license and push them in through and say, okay, oh, you, you, you did the training. Okay, exactly. you're free. And you're still like, I still don't understand this. Yes. Yes. So you got to understand what you're doing. You got to, Familiarize yourself with certain procedures that take place. It's in a hospital, it's in a school if you're a school nurse, mm-hmm. um, if you're a teacher. Uh, now, a lot's expected in the mm-hmm. classroom. Uh, if Nursing you're in home, home. Care, yeah. home care, exactly. There's mm-hmm. so many places now where you will find, you know, you need to have your medical credentials um, at the best, the top order, not yes. just any. Any kind of, well, I studied this, you know, five, 10 years One ago. One day thing, yes. Exactly. <laughs> but the good thing about NSN Practice Center, which I find interesting, is if you have an issue and you want to have it addressed, 
You're not saying, oh my God, I have to go and everybody's going to know I don't know this. You come to us because we're private. We're not mm -hmm. affiliated with any medical um, uh, hospital. Or, yes. That's right. So your supervisor. Yes. Yeah. Like the supervisor you talked about earlier. Yeah. She's probably feeling secure. You know, she doesn't want anybody to know. So it'd be nice if she can come to us. Yes. And she can come privately and, and work yes, yeah. to her heart's content <laughs> until she's confident. And, you know, confident and competent, you know. So the privacy is is very important for the, the healthcare person because um, they don't want to jeopardize their, their, yeah. their confidence, yeah. their, their job. You know, it. we it, just want to do our work exactly. and we want to do it well. Yes. And while you have some people in every profession who don't really care, for the most part, I found yeah. that the nurses. We and, care. Yeah. yeah and yeah. teachers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So um, I'm just trying to think of everything. So basically what brings us here is we want to help healthcare professions, practice. professionals to practice mm -hmm. because as our motto is practice makes professional. professional. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to, to bring out to the world because although the whole, you know, the, all the industries are facing these issues, mm -hmm. we're specifically talking about the nursing issue, the nursing, well, medical health care professionals, yeah. but it is it is across the border with everybody. But for yeah. the most part, you don't you don't you want to know that your healthcare professional is competent and confident, and she knows or he knows how to use the equipment, and if something goes wrong with the equipment, they know how to um to to handle right. situations, yes. you know, and that's really what we're all mm -hmm. about. So. Uh, we just want you to know that we're here for you. And contact us. We would like to hear your views. Um, you know, look us up the on uh, your computer at NSN. That stands for Nurse Support Network, NSNPracticeCenter.com. And also uh, let us know what you think. We're at NSNPCNTR at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Because you know what? One thing about professions today, and yesterday you came to your job and you worked for 20 years, 30 years, 40, and just left. But mm -hmm. now in education, we say we're lifelong learners. Well, in every profession, you're now a lifelong learner because through technology, as you said before, mm -hmm. things are constantly changing yeah. and you must stay abreast of what's going on. Because if you stay still, you stagnate and you actually fall behind and nobody wants any kind of professional yeah. who is not up on their skills, working on them or working on their car or working on whatever, you know? As a side point, I worked in a school uh, where there were special ed students, they were on ventilators and trachs in the classroom. Wow. And these nurses mm -hmm. who were with them were very well trained. Okay. And no matter what happened, they were calm, you know? So this is why it's very important to stay focused and to really take um, skill practicing very seriously. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, joining us. We hope that you contact us and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. Thank you.